0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Uh, welcome, welcome, so good to have you here today and I just really want to welcome everyone who's joining us online as well. There's a lot of people who can't be here today and our family is really spread out for all different reasons. So if you join us online, it's so good to have you with us and we know that you're part of the family, we miss you and we love you. Um, and I just wanted to take a moment to honour some people as well this morning before I get started. Uh it was really cool to see the whole Haddon family serving today, and I know it's not the first time, but we have Tams obviously doing her thing, pastoring it up, and then uh, Haddo's leading the music team. There, Huddy is on drums, that's their their son, and Charlie, their daughter, is running AV at the back of the church today. So, isn't that cool? And I just thought, look, it's worthy of honour. I know that it's not everyone's calling and they've got their story how God's called them to serve Him and uh, that involved even moving up from um, south out Tagum and buying a house in this area and moving and giving up jobs and going to Bible college and that's their story but I just thought, hey, It's their story and it's still worthy of honour and they invest so much here into Hope Community and we just love you guys and we we thank you guys for all you do. So bless (laughs) yous, Yeah. Great. All right. Well, I'm going to get straight into it. We've got the kids with us. So, um, yeah, let's not muck around, right? (laughs) Okay. Parents, it's okay. I'm aware. I'm aware. I've got three. I get how it goes. Uh, Today, I've been excited about first message of the year. And I've actually preached a lot of these. Often these fall to the youth pastor. This time of year, the youth pastor gets the first message of the year gig. Um, sometimes that's because there's not many people in the church. And it's a good time for them to have a crack. Uh, Hope community is different. And we always find that at the beginning of year, everyone's pumped and we have like some of our biggest numbers in attendance ever at the beginning of the year. Anyway, that's not to say that Matt, our youth guy, can't preach. But today, it's my privilege and honour to bring this message. So I've been pumped and I have been praying and really asking God, what do you want me to share? And God actually brought me back to something that I have preached before. This actually comes out of a Craig Rochelle series that we did years and years ago. Um, But I, I really believe that this, God wants this to help some people specifically who are listening in today. So um, I wanna get you warmed up first by asking you some questions. You're gonna have to raise your hands if this is you, all right? How many people here have ever felt like they just need more time? Raise, okay, that's good. That's most of you. Um, Have you ever felt like you're just stuck in something, but there are other things that you would much rather be doing? Anyone felt that way about life in general? Okay, that's most of us. Um, Have you ever felt like the people around you are just cruising along, enjoying life while you're going flat out and just surviving? Anyone felt that way? Okay, that's good. Um, Is there anyone here and you would describe yourself as a yes person? You find it very difficult to say no. All the yes people Okay, that's good. Well, we've got some jobs for you here. I saw, nah, just. And I know you feel guilty if you have to say no, right? So um, sign up is, um, have you ever felt like life is just kind of, you're just getting dragged along? and you feel like there's actually little that you can do about it, like you're stuck. Has anyone ever felt that? You don't have to be feeling it right now, but ever felt that in your life. How many people here would love to have more time to spend with God? All right, well, that, that's, that's your little warm up. How many people here know that God has actually called us into an abundant life? yes. That the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and life to the full, right? So that's a challenge for me. Often I look at my life and I think, think, Father, is this the life to its fullest that you have called me into? Am I living that life, right? Right? And I think that's good for us to kind of look at that because if that's what He promises, if that's what He's calling us into, our responsibility is whether we're going to walk into that, right? And so that's a bit of a context that I want to set for today. Because as followers of Jesus, that we believe that life is not just about surviving, but it's about thriving, that God has great things for us and that if we invest in what God's calling us into, then we'll actually see a harvest 30, 60, 100 times that life is gonna be about increase, abundance, fullness. Now, the Father never never said it would come without challenge. Anyone who's lived a little bit walking with the Lord knows that it definitely doesn't mean that, right? Right? It doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing. But God has great things for us and He calls us into those places. So I want you to open your Bibles. Uh, we're going to Luke 10, starting at verse 38. This is a passage, it will be familiar to you. As I said, oh look, I've preached on this a couple of times. But let's just be open to what Holy Spirit wants to say through this this morning. Luke 10, 38. Are you there? Who's got a pen ready to take some notes today? Good. Dirty Bible, clean heart. All right, Luke 10, 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples Continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you were worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing. Everyone say one thing. one thing. One thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Alright, so we need another show of hands here. If you consider yourself to be a Martha, you're the person that works hard. You make sure that things get done well. If you see all the tiny little details and you have high expectations, raise your hands. Okay. There's a lot of Marthas. (laughs) This is good. The Lord loves Marthas. Okay, if you think you're a Mary, you're fairly chilled out. You are not fussed about the small details. You love spending time with people. And here's the thing with Marys. Often maybe you're not even aware of how it affects other people. Or, or maybe if you're a Mary, maybe you're aware that often you actually get out of doing things. <laughs> because you're a Mary. Is that too close to home? (laughs) Okay, now I've put it that way. Who's a Mary? All right? Yeah. That's good. Well, at least you know who you are, right? That's good. Um, Does anyone know a Mary who hasn't owned up to it today? Like, yeah. So we have this year ahead of us and it's going to be full of all these decisions that we need to make And some of these decisions are gonna help us step into everything that the Lord has for us. And some of those decisions are gonna hinder us from stepping into the fullness of everything that God has for us. And today, I, I kind of want to use this, this little thing. There was this, There's this time management tool that was developed by this guy called Stephen Covey. He wrote this very, very famous book. It's called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he developed this tool called the Time Management Matrix. And it essentially, it helps people prioritise tasks and also identify time-wasting things in their life or on their to-do list or something like that. And I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to break it down too much. But essentially, at the bottom level of it, he identifies that there are really two kind of key categories that we can kind of put all our to-do lists into. There's the important and there's the urgent. And some things are going to be urgent and important. Some things are going to be not important and not urgent. But essentially, it's these two categories. And I'll tell you the difference, okay, okay? The important things are the things that we value and the things that often have some sort of long-term impact. So because we wanna get to here, we do these things to get to there, right? And so as followers of Jesus, often we have important things around our relationship with God that we wanna invest in because they're a great value to us and because they concern our future also. Now, the urgent things are generally things that seem like we really need to get them done. But if you could look at them with a different perspective, often nothing's gonna happen if they don't get done. All right? And those things, we all know those things scream out to get our attention. And often those things will connect with us. We all have different personalities. We're all wired up different ways. Some are Mary's, some are Martha's. But those things connect with us in different ways where we feel the sense of urgency, that there are these things that just have to get done. And if you were to talk to someone who's got all those urgent things screaming out and you were to say, well, do they have to? They would say, this is urgent, like they have to get done. But in reality, the question is, do they actually end up distracting us? So those things can sometimes actually pull us away. From the Lord. So let me give you some examples of some of these things. Um, Mowing the lawn and cleaning the floors might seem like urgent things, things that have to get done, but quality time with your family would be more important, right? Yep, good. Okay, one person's with me. Thanks, Heather. Okay, (laughs) she hates mowing the lawn. That's why I know. Okay, um, cleaning your house and having it look perfect might seem urgent, but the time that you spend with your friends in that space is far more valuable, right? Okay, um, when it comes to work, you might, have, you might have two million tasks on your to-do list, all these things that you have to get done, but there may be two projects that will actually propel your business forward or earn you that income that you require. There may be two specific things that are so important you actually need to get them done, right? Now, who's the procrastinators in the room? Who understands that sometimes it's easier to do all those other things first, right? And you feel like, I can't do that until all those things are done, right? I can't sit on the couch, Until the whole house is spotless and relaxed. So, you're getting the idea, all right? But here's the thing if we apply this to this passage with this Mary and Martha situation, then we might actually say that Mary was able to choose what was important in that moment, whereas Martha, like so many of us do, she actually surrendered to what was urgent, right? And this was an opportunity to sit with Jesus to spend time with Jesus. This is what we're talking about. But there's some tension in this passage because there are these cultural expectations and Martha is in there preparing the big meal and that's actually what was expected of women, that they were hosting Jesus and his disciples, that they would bless them, that they would go over the top in looking after them and that they would actually provide all this food and this hospitality To do that. So Martha was in that space doing what was expected and what was required. Whereas Mary, we all know what Mary's like. Mary's just like, well, I'm just going to sit here with Jesus. And she doesn't even realize that Martha is slaving her guts out, getting everything done, right? While she's just sitting there with Jesus. Now, there's also a cultural situation there whereas Mary had broken an expectation because women were generally not disciples of rabbis. And so the disciples would come and sit at the rabbi's feet and here's Mary in this situation, in this home, and she's, she's actually intentionally said, I am gonna sit at Jesus' feet, positioning myself as a disciple of this rabbi. So there was something going on there as well. Now, if we were to stereotype these two people, we've got Martha. We could probably say that Martha is the rule keeper we might assume that generally Martha was one of those people who always did the right things, right? Martha has never parked in a disabled parking spot. (laughs) To Martha, that would be a terrible crime that anyone would do that, right? Now, Mary, if we stereotype Mary, Mary um, doesn't seem to care what's acceptable or expected And often she doesn't even have an awareness that her actions affect other people. So Mary parks in the disabled parking spot without even realising. Okay, that's Mary, right? I know not all Marys are the same. Okay, if you're feeling offended or attacked right now, forgive me. It's okay, these are generalisations, all right? You may be the exception. So let me just keep moving forward here and I wanna unpack this a little bit. I wanna, I wanna give you three deadly outcomes of living for the urgent. In the context of this, as we look to a year ahead, that we actually have these opportunities to make choices and decisions that are gonna lead us into what God has for us. But if we get stuck with the urgent just distracting us from these things and we're gonna miss out on all that God has for us. So the first thing is this, the first deadly outcome of living for the urgent is that it will erode your spiritual life. So there are always enough urgent things that need to be done to push out time with Jesus. Always, there's always gonna be enough to do. If Satan can't make you bad, He'll make you busy, right? And so we have to be the ones who identify this and we try and limit the level with which we get distracted and overwhelmed by those things so that we can be intentional. And what happens with that is that we can when we live this way, spending time with God actually becomes reality rather than just an idea. How many people know that when you're busy, when you're flat out, when you're overwhelmed, you wanna spend time with God, but you're not actually doing it, right? That makes it an idea and not a reality, okay? So I wanna give you this straight this morning. If you don't have time for God in your life, then you are too busy. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. You might say, well, I'm serving the Lord. If you don't have time for God, then you are too busy. If you don't have time to spend with Him, if you don't have time to spend in the Word, if you don't have time to come to church, meet with other believers, then your life is simply too busy and there needs to be some changes in your life. I was really challenged at the start of this year, at the beginning of every year, Liz and I, we like to do something that really kind of kicks a year off with the Lord. It might be a fast. It might be starting a new Bible reading program or all different things we've done. This year for me, Liz loves doing Bible in a year and there's actually a whole stack of people in the church who are doing Bible in a year, which is great. Um, At the beginning of this year, the Lord led me to this Bible reading plan. It's called the 30 Day Shred. And it's actually a Bible reading plan that leads you to read the whole Bible in 30 days. Now, I know it was from the Lord because this is not my idea, right? And I tell you what, initially I thought to myself, I actually just don't have the time to fit that into our life right now. There's lots of things going on. And Lord, I'd love to do it, but this is not possible. The Lord has His way of convincing me so eventually I said, yes, Lord. So what's the date? Today, not it's the ninth. I'm nine days in, which means I'm a good chunk of into the Scriptures. For me, it's about two to three hours a day of reading the Word, right? So if you ask, it, hey, Dan, what have you been up to lately? I've oh, just been reading my Bible, okay? <laughs> Eating and reading my Bible. So, but that's been awesome, and I've already got this sense that while I've been doing it, that the Lord's saying, Dan, this is not gonna be the only time this year that you do this, that there's more coming. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is the only way to read the Bible. It's not the best way or anything like that. Don't. This is just a thing that God has called me to do. I have done the Bible in a year, I don't know, a stack of times. Have I actually completed it ever? Um, I don't think I have. So this is a challenge for me. A year was a challenge, 30 days is gonna be a challenge. But here's the thing, I felt that God was saying to me, God, uh, Dan, I want you to give up all those urgent things, all those things that are screaming out for your attention right now. And I want you to give me this. This one thing is what I want to be important for this first month of the year. And I see that it's an investment for me in my life with Jesus. And I don't even know the fullness of it, right? I don't know what God's going to do with that. But here's the thing is that we need to be making these intentional decisions to value what is important over what is urgent in our life. Otherwise, we will always be a slave to what's urgent and we'll miss out on the important things. Second thing with this is living for the urgent destroys community. So think about this scene, you get this picture where Jesus is a guest in this home and Martha actually comes in and confronts Jesus. I get awkward when I read this, like I feel like cringe. And then it's even cringier because Jesus kind of gives her this gentle rebuke, right? My dear Martha, oh Martha, Martha, Martha. And like as Jesus does, he's lovely, right? We get that. But he's kind of saying, nah, you've missed it, Martha. So Urgent will always destroy community because urgent values task over relationship. So, urgent is about getting things done rather than spending time with people. How often do we actually miss out on so much because we're not present in the moment? And we're not present in a moment because we've got so many other things to do. or We know that we're there right now, but we're going on to this in a second. And so we're thinking about that. Are we ready for that? We've got to move on to that thing. And we miss out what God is doing right there in the moment. If you want to build relationships this year, then you are going to need to just value time with people, Right? You're gonna have to ignore the to-do list to do that. If you wanna invest in your family this year, then you are gonna need to value that over all the other things that you think you need to get done, right? And so here's Mary and she realised that we have this opportunity, have Jesus in our home and I'm gonna spend it sitting at His feet in His presence. Doesn't that sound awesome? Now, I don't know, is she aware that while I do that, Martha's gonna get the food ready and she's gonna bring me the food? I don't know. I, I, I reckon that she knew that, but she still decided that this is even more important than that. So what about the Marys who are aware that I'm making this decision to spend this time this way, but it is affecting other people? They're hard decisions to make, Right? But this is where we invest in what's important over urgent. Third one, living for the urgent breeds resentment. Man, Instagram is great for this. When you jump on there and you... You see stuff on there and it looks like everyone else is living their lives and that it's way better than yours and they're having more fun or they're living a life that you think that you actually want to live. It's easy to be resentful. Martha was resenting Mary because she wasn't helping her, right? So not only does this mean that then Martha ends up missing out on spending time with Jesus, but she also ends up with resentment in her heart. And, and that's not a great place to be. And we often end up living this way. Um, I don't know if you've ever ended up in this place, but we can end up in a place where we, end, where we resent our circumstances, like we resent our life. And that's a difficult thing to reconcile as followers of Jesus. It leads us into this place where it's actually very difficult to be grateful for all that God has given us because there's this underlying sense of resentment. Does anyone know that feeling? Like it's not a great place to be if we want to live in this place of trusting the Lord and being grateful for where God has us. So let me flip these things over, okay? When we choose what's important over what's urgent, number one, we invest in our spiritual life. So we might not get the whole to-do list done. All right, you have to hear this. It may not be as productive, okay? But God is doing other things, often unseen things. So we're growing in Him. Number two, we're more likely to build community. Simply by being present and connecting with people, being available and even saying to God, God, what do you wanna do in me and through me right now in this space? Number three, choosing what's important actually breeds contentment. Because we've chosen what's important, we know that we're living what God is calling us to. We don't need to compare it to anyone else We need to just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and stay in our lane. So I'm gonna wrap up, but I wanna give you just three really practical things. If you're thinking, okay, what does this actually look like? First one is this. It's really important that you actually know your giftings. If Martha's gifting is hospitality, then when Jesus comes over, she is serving Him and she can actually have confidence, hey, I'm missing out on doing that thing over there right now, but this is where God wants me. This is what I'm doing. And when we're not aware of how God has actually gifted us as followers of Jesus, then we can end up spending all our time doing things that are not as fruitful as if we're serving in our gifting. When you're serving and you're gifting, you will see great fruit in that space. Number two, we have to be ruthlessly selective with our yes. Okay. Often this means taking time to pray about things, all right, not rushing into things. It also means that sometimes we have to be careful not to be so worried about a lack of commitment and be more concerned with overcommitment. Right. Now for all the yes people, I want you to see this. Okay? Jesus said no to many things. All right? This is to help just get you off the hook. All right? Um, Jesus often even disappointed people. They had expectations of him. The crowds in John 4, we, uh, John 6, we read about the crowds. They wanted to make Jesus king right there and then, and Jesus said, "Uh-uh, it's not happening." In Matthew 16, Peter wanted Jesus to actually avoid even going to the cross. And Jesus was like, no, that's not from the Lord. Um, the religious leaders, they got upset with him for claiming to be the Messiah. He said no to family members who actually wanted him to come and spend time with them. That's difficult. I'm sure some of us have felt that. He said no when people actually said to Jesus, "Come down, off the cross and prove that you're the Son of God. He stayed on the cross there for us. And so here's what you need to hear. If you're a yes person, is that your no actually empowers your yes. So when you say no at the right time, it frees you up to say yes at the right time. And that's a big deal to the Lord. Third one is this, third practical tip, Do what matters most first. This is for all the procrastinators, myself included, here today. Don't get distracted by the smaller, easier things, but do what God's calling you to. Ask these questions. What is important to God? Especially when you've got a to-do list a mile long. What's important to God? Father, what do You want me to do right now? At the end of his life, Jesus, Jesus said to God, "I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do." And I'm convinced that if we get distracted by the urgent, then we won't be able to say the same thing. That God's got a grace for that. Don't get me wrong; He's good. He's got a grace for us when we get distracted, when we go off track. He's there. But He does have plans and purposes for us as well. He's got the fullness of the life that He's called us into. And Jesus didn't have much time to get it done, but He got it done. And so I just want to encourage us as we look at this year ahead, that for each one of us, God is calling us into the fullness of the life that He has for us. And for some, it's going to mean two or three hours a day as he calls you into something specific. For others, it's going to mean big decisions that it's like a change of lifestyle to really get to where God wants you to be. For others, it's going to be really looking at these things that are urgent, uh, that are important over urgent, and changing the way that you do things. But these are important decisions to get us to where God actually wants us to be. So I want you to jump on your feet and I'm going to pray. I wanna pray particularly for those who are starting the year off and already you are feeling overwhelmed by urgent things or you're feeling overwhelmed by what's ahead already. I wanna pray for people who just feel like you need help putting God first this year. And I wanna pray for people who you feel like I just feel a bit lost. I'm not sure what God's got. I'm not sure where He's leading me. And I don't necessarily have peace in that right now. So I'm gonna pray. If that's you this morning, if any of those things are you, I just want you to stretch out a hand and just say, yes, Lord. I just wanna receive this this morning. Father, we thank You, God. We thank You that You have a grace in this space, Lord. We thank You that You speak you guide, you lead. We thank you for your spirit, Lord. We thank you that you've gifted us, that you've empowered us, Father, for your plans and purposes. Right now, Lord, I just want to pray peace over those who are just feeling overwhelmed already, Lord, as they look at the year ahead. And maybe there's some big things ahead, Father, some tough things, some real challenges, Lord. We just pray Your peace into those situations. We pray Your peace over people here this morning, Father, those joining us online, Lord. Just pour Your peace over them, even right now, Father. Father, for those who are lost, we just wanna pray a fresh sense of being able to trust You with what's ahead, Lord. Being able to trust even when we can't see where You're leading us, What's ahead, Lord? We just bless those people today, Lord. And we just thank You, Lord, in advance. We know that You've got great mighty things in this year, Lord, where there's so much unknown ahead, Father. We thank You for the good that You have, Lord. We thank You for the challenges, even where You're gonna grow us and build us, Lord. We thank You for the community You're building, Lord, for the great things You're doing, Lord. And we thank You for the part that we get to play as we step into the fullness of everything that You have for us. I pray for someone who's here today, who is yet to say yes to You, Lord who's yet to just surrender everything to You and say, God, I'm gonna follow Your plans and purposes. I'm gonna give up control of my life. I'm gonna let go and I'm gonna submit to You, surrender to You and follow You this year. We bless those people in Jesus' Name. And we just thank You, Lord, that You are good. That whatever it looks like, Father, that we will know Your goodness in those situations. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.